So as we continue to sit quietly, I'd like to invite you to reflect for a minute or two. For you, what are some of the challenges of speaking wisely? What makes it hard for you to speak wisely? Could be related to some of the difficulties that may come up in speech that you'd like to work with. So again, uh, welcome back everyone. We want to continue in this segment, in this session, to give the further uh, the foundations of wise speech. And I'm breaking the foundations into two areas. One that we looked at, which we might call more the the ethical foundations, the behavioral foundations, uh, more sort of the, call, call them more outer in a sense. And in this session, we'll look more at what we might call the inner foundations, and particularly the foundations of skillful speech in being present, in being mindful. Interestingly, we don't have a lot from the traditional teachings, from the teachings of the Buddha, about how to be mindful when we're speaking or how to be present when we're speaking. I think it's implied, but we don't have uh, instruction saying, here's how to train to be more present when you speak. The emphasis is more on what we did in the last session that is on the uh, ethical foundations, on those guidelines that I gave. But it seems very important, and here we're bringing in teachings that uh, that I and particularly my colleague uh, Oren J. Sofer, that we've together been developing a uh, set of practices for how to be more present during speech, how to develop the quality of presence during speech. This is really connected with the fact that what we're really looking for 
in speech training is looking for the quality of our own presence, our own qualities of care, authenticity, connection. We're looking for the qualities of our presence, of which is really, in a sense, an inner quality that gets expressed outwardly. We're looking for the quality of our presence rather than looking for techniques for how we can speak skillfully. Those can be helpful, but it's really about how we are. And it's actually very possible to use great techniques for skillful speech, you know, from one system or another and come from a more manipulative or strategic place. And it's not so helpful. And sometimes even you can have people who are trained, let's say, in nonviolent communication who can be getting at each other using the right techniques, but without the right sense of presence. In fact, there is a there's a really good set of spoofs which are on YouTube about people doing that using great inner techniques, but their real aim is manipulating the other person. They're, they're pretty funny. Let's see if I can remember the name of it. Uh, uh, maybe I'll come back and do that. They're really fun to see. Um, in any case, um, the quality of presence, the quality of being aware is really, really crucial to develop. It's also not easy, not easy to be more present. We explore, started to explore that last time. We saw how it's hard to be having both a sense of the content and a sense of being present. But and we can see in many ways how uh, being present is so crucial. If I'm present to my experience in the middle of speech, I most likely will not be so reactive. I won't be so much on automatic. If I'm present, I'll be more able to come out of my authenticity, out of uh, my deeper qualities. I'll be more able to uh, make choices. If I'm aware and present, I can make choices such as this is not a good time or I'm feeling really reactive. Why don't I uh, take a time out, right? Without a sense of presence, without a sense of awareness, mindfulness, we won't be so skillful. And so it's a crucial quality and we can really uh, develop it in a number of different ways. Uh, one way is by uh, developing mindfulness further. And so our meditative training is really, really crucial for being able to develop a sense of presence, a sense of being uh, aware of what our inner experience is aware of what's coming through and then increasingly a sense of carrying a sense of presence to situations involving speaking. Again, not easy at all. It's easier for some than for others. Some things that really help and support a sense of presence and that could be seen as uh, training areas include uh, mindfulness training. Our mindfulness training will help us to be present, particularly 
uh, for many of us, mindfulness of the body plays a very, very central role, especially in a very mental culture, in a culture that's increasingly, as we are, virtual. Can you be on Zoom and have mindfulness of the body, right? I think it's actually crucial. There's, you know, I actually read a very interesting piece a few days ago by the uh, teacher, some of you may know, named Thomas Hubel, who's originally from Austria and lives in, in Israel now in Tel Aviv. And he wrote a very helpful piece. You could look it up. It's called Virtual Relating. If you Google that, you'll find it. Don't do it now. Stay present. <laughs> but, but it's called Virtual Relating, and it really points to how to stay present even when we're using Zoom or using, you know, maybe email uh, and so forth. And it pretty much comes down to ways of staying present to our bodies, to our emotions and noticing our thoughts. So mindfulness is a key, especially for many of us, mindfulness of the body is so central. And in my own teaching of wise speech over the years, mindfulness of the body has been very central for me and for many of us. I was thinking of an experience I had with uh, a friend and colleague who, um, when I first got to know him, he was a mentor and teacher for me, uh, John Travis, who's based in Nevada City in California. And I was talking with John and I was complaining. Does anyone complain much? Okay, I won't ask for hands there. Okay, I was complaining and I was saying, uh, okay, there's a hand went up. Okay, uh, I was complaining and saying, I was comparing myself to people maybe in, who lived in monasteries and saying, they have it easy. They have reminders all the time. You know, it's pretty hard living out here you know, having a home and so forth and being, you know, being uh, on one's own, whether it's with a, a family or partner or whatever. But, uh, you know, I don't have constant reminders as I would uh, if I were in a monastery. And John said to me at that moment, let your body be your monastery. And it electrified me. It was the way he was saying, let your awareness of your body continually bring you back to presence. And that can be a vehicle for many of us. And for me, and both in my own personal experience and in my uh, teaching, I have found it really, really important to uh, learn to be much more embodied. And so I actually had periods of time for several years where I cultivated in my meditations and retreats and so forth, I cultivated mindfulness of the whole body, sort of of the whole field of the body. And I, I did it enough so it sort of got burned into consciousness such that it's pretty instantly accessible. If I'm speaking, mindfulness of the whole body is there right now, for example. And so you can see that some of our ways of developing presence can take some time. This is not a beginning capacity that all of us have. 
And so we can we can learn how to be more present. It's going to be different for many of us, but mindfulness of the body is a great way to stay more present in speaking. And it may be something when I've worked with groups sometimes on wise speech, some people have needed to focus on mindfulness of the body for six months or a year to develop it further. And that could happen doing walking meditation. It could happen uh, bringing attention in one's yoga to one's yoga or body practice or activities and so forth. But this is a very powerful way of, of uh, developing presence. And you can, if, if probably many of us have done body practices, and so even now, as you're listening, can you have some body awareness? If you can't work with the whole body, another technique is just to be aware of one's hands. You can do that at meetings, for example, just be aware of your hands. Part of what we do with mindfulness of the body is we remove ourselves from what we might call the automatic mind through the dominance of the automatic mind that's just thinking all the time. Again, a lot of it's very culturally influenced, but if we can have even like mindfulness of the hands, mindfulness of the feet, do that in a meeting, practice that when you're talking, here, uh, this day with others. Those are some of the ways to develop uh, a sense of presence. Another technique which we can use for the rest of the day is to have pauses in our speaking. Some of you know the technique used by Thich Nhat Hanh called a mindfulness bell. If you're in an organization, you can have a bell. Everyone every 10 minutes or 20 minutes stops and you come back to present. So a pause can be really, really crucial just to stop, stop for 30 seconds, stop for a minute, come back to yourself, can do that when you're on your own, do that with a meeting. I actually have, uh, when I'm on the computer, I have a, uh, a just an MP3 file that has a bell that rings every five minutes. And I take a pause for 10 seconds every five minutes. There are things like that. So pauses can be really uh, great ways to, uh, to develop that sense of presence. Um, another, another way to develop presence would be if there is really a decision or you're really in a conversation wondering what to do. Is this wise? Take a pause, develop a sense of presence. <clears throat> Another way, really, I'll say one more way of being present is giving attention to your body and particularly coming to know what happens when you get more activated physiologically. And also know what helps you to release some of that activation. You know, maybe it's stretching or taking a walk and so forth. So having some uh, awareness, uh, some body awareness of, um, again, one's patterns of being activated, taking pauses, cultivating body awareness, cultivating mindfulness. All of these bring about conditions that help us to be uh, stronger with the quality of presence.
And again, this will, this is really ultimately where we want to come from. All the techniques and teachings about wise speech ultimately are really going to be successful, are going to be helpful if we come out of a sense of presence and authenticity, if we're more truly ourselves, and we could say using that language. And so that's, um, uh, that's a direction. And it becomes possible to develop what, what I've called and have developed, uh, especially along with Oren, what I've called uh, relational awareness practices. It becomes possible to have our awareness not just be something that we do alone, but that with a partner, we develop a kind of relational awareness. And I'm, not, I'm actually not going to develop it uh, so much today. And when I do retreats, I teach this more. But I'll point to this, some of you may be interested, that it becomes possible to have, let's say, when one is with another person, this is a, a further development beyond what I was talking about earlier, it becomes possible both to be aware of oneself, grounded in one's own sense of presence, aware of the other empathically, and thirdly, aware of the field that holds both of us. So in a sense, this is an advanced practice, but I wanted to name it, of being aware really in three ways. Again, one trains in all of this, one trains, it feels awkward, one still has training wheels, so to speak, but when you do it long enough, it becomes natural. So it becomes possible to have a kind of relational awareness. I'm aware of myself. I'm aware of the other empathically. And I also can be aware of the field of our being together. I just wanted to name that. That's one of the horizons of our practice. But the, the core point here is just to develop further in a sense of presence. I'm, I'm naming this as our second foundation. Okay, so that being said, I want to move to a second exercise. And um, hopefully all of us will be willing to go into the breakout rooms and do and do the exercises. Um, so I want to um, give the prep for the exercise and then we'll go into breakout rooms again and then we'll come back again and talk together. This, so this whole second area is on cultivating a sense of presence. So again, we're going to have uh, an area of content and an area of process, an area of being with the content of the speaking, but also give some attention to a sense of presence in this case. And so the content will be what we reflected on. What's challenging for me in my speech practice? And again, we'll have, we'll have about two or three minutes each to talk about this together. What's difficult for me in my speech practice? We might even, if it's helpful, think of a situation uh, with another person, which has been difficult for you. And I, I would suggest, I, I like to work, as I mentioned, with a scale of from one to 10 of degrees of difficulty, where 10 is the hardest and one is the easiest. And try to stay for this in the middle range. Don't go right away to the most difficult things. So that you can name them. Maybe it's like, oh, when I'm really reactive, I'm, 
you know, that's difficult for me. But if you think of situations, maybe think of more in the in the middle, but mostly just say, what's a challenge for me in my speech? What's difficult for me? That's the content, okay? And then the process is be present to yourself. You might want to be aware of your body, be aware of your hands. You may want to, and I would suggest this midway through, take a 10 second, 20 second pause. See what that's like, come back to yourself, okay? So those are the basic instructions and we'll do again, we'll have three parts. One person will speak. And what I want to invite is that you, before speaking, take 10 seconds to, for both parties, to set your intentions, either as a speaker or as a listener. Okay, Be, so before you even begin, set your intentions and be with your intentions for 10 seconds. So the first part will be the first, per, the first person as a speaker, speaking about what's difficult, trying to be present. If you can, do a pause. Then we'll, at the end of three minutes, we'll switch. And the second person will have a chance to speak, be with what's challenging. Just talk about what's challenging. Do a pause if you can, but also try to be present. We'll recognize that it's easier to be present as a listener than as a speaker generally. But the guidance is for both people to have focus both on the content and on being present. And you, again, you could do that by just being aware of your hands, your feet, the body, whatever helps you to be present. And then the third step is to have a kind of debrief, say what you learned in that experience, what was interesting, what was important. And again, uh, I'll invite that to be done. That's the content, but also during that more informal speaking, try to stay present. And again, start that with 10 seconds for both of you to set intentions, okay? So that's the, <clears throat> that's the those are the instructions. And we'll have the timing handled by Romy. And we'll also, once we're in our breakout groups, have prompts that uh, repeat the instructions I just gave. But the basic thing is one person speaks, focuses on what's challenging or difficult, tries to be present, then we switch roles, and then we talk about that what that was like. You can talk both about the content and what it was like to try to be present. Okay? Okay, here we go, everybody. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.